turns out he's a major cinephile. They don't watch enough movies! It's a very simple formula! And here we go. Alright guys, we don't even have time to really do a proper welcome. Emergency podcast press conference release right now. Specialty episode. What can I say except you're welcome. Alright, DC Fandom just concluded and we have a ton of new trailers concept art information and all sorts of fun little things to break down from all the big movies and whatnot so let's just get on right to it so my overall take on just how dc fandom worked honestly it was pretty cool format a way to engage fans not every segment was something i was dying to see but except for a really random musical break Everything felt pretty solid and engaging, great fan service, even if there was a bit of cheddar, but they had to fill time, it was an all-day affair, and in general, I do like a little bit of mozzarella on things, a little bit of mozzarella, so, you know, that is fine with me. Let's get down to, first thing, we'll go in order of how they did things as well, Wonder Woman 1984, it's a period piece, and you keen listeners know I do love my 80s things, so I was absolutely rejoicing for this movie before we got anything and we got a whole new trailer and it did not disappoint we have new footage of wonder woman the new footage of wonder woman 1984 looks sensational finally getting some real footage showing off what kristen wig is doing what she looks like and the transformation into cheetah looks like it comes in a few different parts way better than the <coughs> cats <coughs> cats cats it's terrible cats <coughs> Sorry, I had a little hairball in my throat. See, we made a little round fun circle there. And it kind (laughs) of, tangents. It shows, I guess, there's kind of a a friendship that becomes a rivalry, becomes jealousy, which leads to the villainous turn for Cheetah and how that positive relationship becomes something of a villain thing with Wonder Woman. Also, this shows how Pedro Pascal's character fits into the story, how the villains may even team up, and a bit of how the explanation of Chris Pine's character coming back when we're pretty sure he died in the first one. We didn't see any body but like you're you're pretty sure he didn't make it every time i see him i wonder how they will ever explain that he is definitely not around anymore because justice league batman vs superman dawn of justice he's clearly not around and based on her reaction to batman saying he died you kind of feel like he is dead and it won't be a old man grandpa steve rogers just in the background of some scene eventually in wonder woman three or four or seven however many they end up making for her also maybe Maybe this is just me as a fan of Game of Thrones, Kingsman the Golden Circle, but Pedro Pascal just seems like a scene stealer. He seems so at home in this role and he kind of eats it up in a way that just seems like I can't wait to see his portrayal of Maxwell Lord in this movie, previously portrayed in the first season of Supergirl on the CW, but when the show moved production to join the rest of the cw shows his role along with the role of cat grant from catco media kind of got displaced but enough about cw things more gal gadot riding the sky footage is always good it looks like it's more than just lightning maybe she can ride around clouds who knows i can't wait to see the explanation and logistics of that i was also jazzed seeing chris pine flying around a plane again there's some jokes about oh he'll never find me and it's like well they have radar now and just even from the first trailer you can kind of tell the whole him as the new 
fish out of water where Diana has to explain things to him. Not as much 80s love as the first trailer, but there was a nice fun hint of 80s fashion at the end. And I kind of like that, you know, one trailer is a little more goofy, one trailer a little more serious, and it kind of makes you feel like there'll be a nice balance between the drama and the action and the 80s fan service. So very excited for Wonder Woman 84. All right, the Flash film, not the CW TV show we're focusing on in this moment. Not a ton of new info from the Flash panel, but the concept art of the new suit with kind of like my rope lights kind of going all through the suit, kind of light imbued into the suit. It's cool look. And the fact that the Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman, is the one featured in the concept art with the yellow bat symbol from the 90s. Meta's suit has some of those similar hints to the Iron Man and Spider-Man relationship uh, in the tech-gifted mentor that was explored near the mid-ground and tail end of the MCU, kind of the mentor who can, has the money and can give him tech to the protege. Not that a lot was really delved into here, but I will say seeing the Michael Keaton character in the concept art was definitely exciting. No explanation as to how Ben Affleck will be featured in this as well, with the Flashpoint story kind of at the forefront and making Keaton somewhat of a Nick Fury character in this multiverse overall storyline. I'm just kind of curious and can't wait to see how they pull it off and how they write out Affleck, hopefully in a good story-driven way that is kind of meaningful and not just, yeah, okay, he gone. Sadly, the lack of Batfleck makes me think that we will never get to see the glory that would have been the Joe Manganello Deathstroke, sad face emoji, only the brief tease at the end of Just League and apparently maybe there's a different post-credit teaser. I I read something once I think saying something like that with his character featured but I do feel like the days of seeing him are sadly in the past now with the end of the Justice League two-part film thing that initially we were going to have. So Suicide Squad 2, I I guess we'll call it Suicide Squad 2 as of right now. First off, this was one of the two-part video panels. So first there were some character announcements. Not everyone was announced, but it was a good chunk. I can't say I'm familiar with most of these characters in any capacity, but let's put it out there for the world, and maybe you guys will have big reactions to the character names. Idris Elba as Bloodsport, John Cena as Peacemaker, David Dost Malshin as Polka Dot Man, Nathan Fillion from Firefly and, of course, Big Mouth as TDK, Michael Roker, who I obviously enjoy in Walking Dead and Guardian, so he joins James Gunn in this as well, as Savant, Pete Davidson as Blackguard, Flua Borg as Javelin, Sean Gunn as Weasel, Peter Capaldi as Thinker, Daniela Melchior as Ratcatcher 2, Mei Ling Ng as Mongrel, Alicia Braga as Sosoria, and Steve Agee as the voice of King Shark. Margot Robbie, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, and Jai Courtney are all back. No word on the role of Taika Waititi, and only because I'm a big fan of continual stories and closed circuit stories. Adewale Akinoye Agbaje, Will Smith, obviously already stated, and Karen Fukuhara are the only three original actors not returning to the sequel who were still alive at the end of the first movie. Seeing the the behind-the-scenes footage, I'm definitely pretty excited for the look and tone of this movie. It looks like a super cool war movie. It's like Band of Brothers, but there's like superheroes, and there's polka dot people, and there's half shark man people, and it's like this boomerang's gonna throw around. It's just a little different than your Band of Brothers movie. And already I was talking with friend of the show, John Putensky, 
about just how many characters will make it out alive out of this movie. Let us know who you think is immediately a goner and who will make it out because they want to be in the sequel. In my mind, the only safe characters are Harley Quinn, Idris Elba's Bloodsport, who looks to be the fill-in for Will Smith. Fun fact, he also has a daughter cast in the movie, which, as we all know from watching the first movie, is kind of what they did with Will Smith's Deadshot as well. But make sure to tweet at us or reach out to us in any social platform and let us know who you think is going to be the last person standing or the within five minutes gone and done uh, characters because I would love to hear your takes on this as well. But I will say the quote of this sneak peek and the whole panel has to be everyone's exploding genitals, heads, arms, legs. Yep. Let's end it there and go on to the next thing. And this is a big one, folks. The one that probably I was the most excited for going into it because I knew there was footage and I knew there was going to be something visually shown in this. First release of the Justice League movie Snyder Cut Edition will be in four one-hour parts, not unlike the Hateful Eight Extended Edition that is on Netflix, with a full version coming out later. You know, I just want the full version because I live for extended cuts. I don't even like having to swap up the DVDs for my Lord of the Rings extended cuts. Oh, Watchmen Ultimate Cut on one disc, you beautiful film, you multi-hour beauty. You know who does that film? Zack Snyder. See, look what we're doing there. Full circle stories here on this podcast. The reveal footage looks amazing. With so many new storylines, we're seeing Darkseid, who is supposed to be the big bad, who was cut out almost entirely of the first version of Justice League. The football scenes with Cyborg, just the tone is there, and there's so many more flushed out storylines, even starting with the haunting version of Hallelujah, you know, the song from Shrek, and I guess other things, but like Shrek. But this darker version, it fits so well and really complements all these new scenes. Also, Black Suit Superman, not just like a weird, casually thrown in there, deleted scene where he looks at the suit and says, maybe later, like, come on, what a stupid thing that was in the first version of Justice League's DVD Blu-ray release. The Flash saving Iris West, where her whole character was initially cut out of the film, just like Jenna Malone's character, you may remember her from Hunger Games, was cut out of the theatrical cut of Batman vs. Superman, which had a whole extra little tidbit scene of, taking the bullet to Star Labs, and just flushing out the world a little more. Some great Wonder Woman role model things where she's talking to one of the girls, which looks to be after the bank robber scene, which gives me some hope that that will still be in the cut, because that was probably one of the coolest scenes in Justice League for me, and probably because it also had Game of Thrones alum Michael McElhatton. Thank goodness we got this visual to tide us over to 2021, and cannot wait to see it. The fact that there's many more clear ties to Aquaman with Willem Dafoe, anything with him is perfect. It's it's good for me. Gotta love more Willem Dafoe. <laughs> that wasn't seen, but it has been talked about. That the end of Justice League does lead into him having to go back to Atlantis for the plot of Aquaman. There's also a few little great moments shown in the Apocalypse Flash Forward trailer. The trident from Aquaman 2018 movie Atlan's trident, as well as a Joker card, briefly flashes by the screen, which gives more interconnectivity, which I love, and a bit of hope, which brings me down to one downer point. I was going to talk about this either with Suicide Squad, but I figured I'd wait till talk about it with 
Justice League, and as you probably know where I'm going with this, sadly one thing we did not see, and I was like, well, there's a surprise panel, or maybe just something will happen. But we may never see it, and gosh, I hope that statement is not true, but we may never see the air cut of the original Suicide Squad, and it's tough because they put out an extended cut, but it did nothing to add to the things that we really wanted, which was the extended full cut with all my Jared Letter Joker scenes, Give me this HBO Max right now. Come on. What are you doing? All right. Whew. Got that out of the system. So other things that they talked about uh, were the Black Adam movie, which has been teased and pitched for a while, mostly by by The Rock. But we finally get a little something to, something tangible to show, not just fan-made uh, artistic digital portrayals of the Black Adam suit with some version of The Rock's face. I've seen some where he has hair, some where he doesn't. Don't have to worry about that anymore. Now we have clear-cut things of what he's supposed to look like. So some of these panels will always have less to talk about or show than others. This is one of those. It does start that train and trend for a few more things before we get to Batman. We do get some cool-looking concept art that looks to show some of how the Rock's character got here and some ties to the modern world as well. The artwork and plot details seem cool, and the Rock is just super charismatic talking about something that he is very passionate about and you can tell that when he talks about it and he kind of confirms the hope that this will remain an anti-hero and things will be dark because with shazam feeling much more like a family movie except that time when the one got thrown out the window i will be curious how they handle these two tones meshing together when they bring these two characters together the the family from shazam because it does sound like it's black adam going to shazam's movie eventually as opposed to the other way around the one thing that i think maybe i just hadn't heard anything about that was a little surprising was seeing some announcement of who was going to be with him with the justice society of america the jsa having seen that right after seeing the brand new star girl show season one on the cw having seen that name recently enough in legends of tomorrow also on the cw i didn't get hyped exactly seeing the name pop up but One thing in that presentation did get me very excited, and it's seeing a live-action version of Dr. Fate, which is super exciting for the DC nerd in me. I may not be the full-blown, know-every-comic-ever nerd, but from growing up from the animated Justice League series to Smallville to the brief tease in the very first episode of the one-season-run NBC dark show Constantine which featured Matt Ryan as the lead character, John Constantine, which has done very good wonders for him and that role, which is why he picked back up in Legends of Tomorrow. But what I'm saying is all these variants have shown hints and small roles for Dr. Fate, but I I like the idea of him being potentially a much bigger role in this film, Black Adam. This had me pretty excited to smell what The Rock was cooking. That's all I have to say about that. So, small tangent from movies, there there were a few TV panels, a few video game panels here and there. The one that I think kind of maybe got my mind drawn a little bit, and this is a diversion, now that I have DC Universe and HBO Max, I really have to get onto the Titans train. I know the adult animated Harley Quinn show is and looks good too and may have some nice deep life lessons in there, which are always good, but the fight scenes and choreography and shooting look very good on Titans, so I have to add it to my list to catch up on quick. All right, Aquaman. Taking a water break, though, first. Get it, Aquaman? I think initially I was a bit disappointed seeing that we were just seemingly getting some behind-the-scenes footage of how all the stuff was shot. 
with the wires and how they made the water effects, which is cool, but I wanted something more exciting, future news announcements or something, at least from Jason Momoa. I was a bit surprised to see Patrick Wilson from Aquaman and also Watchmen from 2009, but it made sense when they announced he would be back. Not like earth-shattering since his character was alive at the end of the first one, but it is cool to know that they're not just getting rid of their villains, which was very much a thing that plagued the Marvel movies early, was they would always kill off their villains and have no one to kind of build up and develop except for Tom Hindelson's Loki. I guess the most exciting things came from the story points of a darker tone, it being more serious and, quote, relevant to the world we are living in today. It's a bit mysterious, but the darker theme makes sense with the eventuality of the much more horror-focused spinoff focusing on the trench, so there probably is not going to be any Pitbull music in this one. Let's lock that in as a as a lock for claims for Aquaman 2 that you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Nick Nack goes to the movies. So on the same trend of the movies who didn't have a whole lot to do and talk about and present, Shazam had an interesting way to kind of get around this. They had some Zachary Levi jokes and some cast things in there, which was cute seeing the cast interact and that it kind of reminded me of the the family-friendly angle they took about finding your family, even if it may not be the family you're born with, which was great. But, you know, I can see why they bookended this with Wonder Woman at the beginning and Batman at the end. And they tried putting Justice League in the middle to kind of space out the ones that didn't have as much to show. The big discovery in this was the official title announcement of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I'm not a, a comic book Shazam knowledge aficionado i don't know what that means if that is a big exciting thing but a title is great the other thing is seemingly everyone be it people on social media other people writing articles are kind of confused if sinbad is actually in this movie or not having been on the panel and the whole panel kind of had a seemingly jovial joking tone i'm gonna go on record as saying maybe but leaning towards probably he's in the movie. Let's not uh, lock that one in like the other one I just made, but that seems to be the case. But not a lot to say on Shazam. So, all right, one of the big ones now, the latest iteration of Batman movies, and I don't think it's a stretch that people really wanted to see something from this. I really wanted to see Justice League Snyder Cut footage going into it, knowing that they definitely had something to show. But after seeing this trailer... This has to be the winner of the night for me. Reason why they ended it with this has to be the case. With the first look, you only had a quarter of the footage of the film even shot so far. But even that's whatever that small percentage that we saw of the quarter is, it looks beautiful. This iteration of Batman will be a detective story taking place during year two of his assumption of the vigilante of Batman in Gotham City. And it's going to tackle some interesting corruption topics with deeper ties to corruption kind of imbued and rooted in the city itself. And some of these aren't inherently brand spanking new, but the gritty grounded take looks super interesting. And the trailer looks amazing in look and tone and feel and the suit looks super good. And Gotham looks so realized and dirty and lived in. And the fight choreography looks great. And the take that they're going with the Riddler is kind of something I remember from the Arkham games. And it's like a Saw-style bad guy where he's leaving clues and killing people. And 
it, it feels, and I don't know if it's necessarily as many traps, but I don't know, I was getting like that kind of vibe from it. And and I'm actually super excited. I think it looks cool. I, I love this style of the Riddler a little more than the version we saw with uh, Jim Carrey ha- has to be, <laughs> has to be understood and accepted. But it's a dark and gritty Batman, and that's the best kind of Batman. Like him going to town on some goons is ultra-violent. And it's a take that somehow feels darker than either Bale or Affleck. Also curious if anyone who has seen the trailer thinks that the bad guys that he's taking it out on, they have like clown-looking makeup. And it's the mouth on the guy talking that looks like he has the, the Joker smile inspiration. I know there was things of maybe they're not connected to the Joker, where, you know, where this timeline lies, but I also remember hearing this odd rumor of maybe people would have been inspired by the Joker that we saw in the movie Joker played by Joaquin Phoenix, and maybe it's a stretch, but I'll be curious what you guys think as well. We did get to see a lot of the actors on full display, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, and we didn't see Paul Dano's Riddler, but we saw the guy who we were assuming is him with the bagged face and the the large glasses, and we did hear his voice actually quite a bit in the trailer. They all look and sound amazing. We didn't see that much of Andy Serkis. I think we had a small voiceover line. The big thing is, I don't know if we saw Colin Farrell. There's a big question on if we did see him, if he's one of the larger, if there's a large man who no one can tell if it's a different actor or if it's him in a bunch of makeup. There was a still shot of him taken a while back of Colin Farrell with white hair and a mustache. I, I can't say if we've seen him or not. I'm sure people will comb through that footage and hopefully that will be realized eventually. But even without seeing a lot of Andy Serkis or potentially any Colin Farrell, both of who are actors I super like and I'm very excited to see them in their respective roles, this was still a phenomenal trailer and I was going into it most excitement with Justice League Snyder Cut, but I definitely ended the night all about Batman... Robert Pattinson, his Batman voice sounds good, and it just, the Batmobile looks good, everything looks good. Cannot wait for more Batman footage. Alright friends, that was a great time watching that DC fandom straight through, so you guys could get all caught up right here with me on the special edition of Nick Knack Goes to the Movies. Make sure to check out all of our social accounts, either nicknack underscore IC or knickknack movies for a ton of extra content that I was putting out throughout the day. Give us five stars and write a review about how amazing this show is and how groundbreaking, innovative, life-changing it is, and I think I would really appreciate that. But also, two quick points beside call-to-action self-promotion. First, if you want to play along with our Emmy Pick'em, check out our Twitter and Facebook for the Google Form and some big news coming soon with some guests joining me on the show. So stay tuned for that, stay sane, and until next time, cinephiles. Are you not entertained? I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I don't like goodbyes. Let's just call this See You Later, Alligator.